Mama. A word that we all know, a word some of us hear a thousand times a day, and some are anxiously waiting for. It's a title accompanied by immense joy, deep loss, and hearty laughter. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Marin. We love mamas, and we love your strength and your sacrifice. We honor your easy days and the days where you hide in a closet. Because we have them, too. We know that moms need moms, and that's where we come in. And the best part is, you can show up in your messy buns and sweatpants and we'll never know. In fact, we're probably in ours, too. We hear you and we want to connect with you. This is your community. So welcome to our sisterhood. Welcome to our circle. Welcome Welcome to to the the mamahood. Hey mamas, we have a very special episode for you today. When we recorded this episode, we just wanted to keep recording and recording forever because we just had so much to talk about and so much to say. Um, Our special guest today is Kim Christensen. She is a writer, a reader, a mom. She has such a fun platform online, both um, through a website and through her Instagram, where she talks about reading and writing, and especially how it can positively affect your parenting. Um, She's known as TalkWordy to me on Instagram, and she is just the best. She's going to come on the show today and talk with us about reading with your kids, writing her favorite book recommendations we're all going to share some of our book recommendations and it's just going to be the best episode ever we hope you enjoy it and without further ado we would like to welcome kim christensen to the show okay we are so excited to have kim christensen with us on today's episode um we are going to kind of dive into some super exciting stuff with books and just a lot of fun knowledge that she has to just offer so many. I mean, I learned so much from her, so we're so excited to have her here. Thank you so much. So with each episode, we usually share a fail, like a motherhood fail or a motherhood win that we had from the week. So since you're our special guest, if you can think of one, we'll have you share. If you can think of, it could be both or just one. Either fail or win. What do you think? Oh my gosh. You put me on the spot. There's <laughs> there are so many. It's just which ones you want to choose. Oh man. Okay. Well, let's start with the win first. I nothing profound, but man. Oh, ours are never okay. profound. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. My win was today. Sometimes it's hard to put aside the to-do list, right? And just like be really present with your kids. And I don't do it all the time, but I try to at least once a day have at least a little chunk of time where I'm connecting with each child, even if it's five minutes. Quality is over quantity, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I did that today. I took some time with my little boy and read to him. I let him choose. I said, do you want to, I felt like he needed to do something I felt cute. That's the best sound ever. (laughs) Um, I felt like I needed to do something with him that was like creative, that he was like, you know, doing something with his hands or something. So I said, we could do Play-Doh or we could do painting. And he wanted to read, which made me really happy. I was like, okay, we'll go read. (laughs) (laughs) So we went and read a few books. And I just notice when I do things like that, my kids respond so well to that undivided attention. They see that I'm intentionally choosing to be with them. And that does more for their behavior than any parenting tactic ever. And so just to see that light in his eyes. And then because we cuddle up and and we're close when we're we're reading. And then I noticed after that, you know, 20 minutes was over, he like came and found me and and felt like he could come snuggle up next to me while I was working because he knew I was like making space for him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that that was my win for the day. I love love that. that. And there were definitely fails, but let's focus on the win today because (laughs) I don't want to think about those. Let's do that. Let's focus on the win. I love that. Okay, so uh, you guys, I just have this love for Kim because honestly, like I growing up, I hated reading. I'll be honest. And I took it took until now that I had a love for it. And I have a love for kids books now, too. But I it wasn't until I was sitting in the library and I was like, there's all these books. I need to be inspired by something. And she was my go to girl to 
get like a list and she was so cute she responded like right away sent me like the best like recommendations I'm so glad and I I love that you asked me for book recommendations because I will always quickly respond to those kinds of texts because it makes me giddy to talk about she's just amazing and she always has like the best I mean obviously she had amazing recommendations then we're going to talk about some today um what she has here but I want to hear a little bit more about you like tell me a little bit more about yourself how you're writing all began just kind of a little bit of background okay well I I've always loved books first of all so that's where the the book love comes from remembering my parents reading books to me as a kid little bear I don't know if you guys know little bear but that Mm -hmm. series of stories it's vintage now but it has stuck with me forever and um well now I'm just jumping right into reading I'll get back to about me but I feel like reading these stories gave me permission to use my imagination because I would read, I was kind of, (laughs) I mean, I want to say I was kind of a maybe strange child a little bit. I, um, people would call me (laughs) weird, (laughs) you know, but I think it's because I was more, maybe more thoughtful than some of the other kids or, um, just really creative and had a vivid imagination. But when I read books or when people read books to me, I felt not alone and I felt like, oh, other people think like this or imagine like this too. And it's a good thing. So anyway, so that's where my love for books was kind of born. Um, But I, so I have a journalism background and I went to school and did, I majored in English, but first I majored, I was starting to major in uh, journalism. And so when I, finished that and I started having kids, I kept writing like freelance writing for magazines, but I wanted a place of my own to share my voice and to share the things I was learning. And that's why I started Talk Wordy to Me, my online community where I share on a blog and on Instagram about book reviews and mindfulness as well and writing tips because writing is another thing that I've always loved. My mom said, ever since I could pick up a pencil, I was writing and trying to express myself in, in words and pictures. And, and I've been writing stories since I was a little girl. My second grade teacher gave me, um, after I finished second grade, she gave me a notebook to write, just like a dollar store notebook to write stories in. And she said, keep writing. And so I would bring her the stories, even when I was moved on out of her class and she would read them, or I don't know how much of them she would read, but she would write notes about him, encouraging notes and give me that stickers. So and she is like so formative. She has been so formative to me in my life as a writer because she told me I was a writer. And so I gave myself permission to believe that. And so I, I went on that. to, that to believe that. That's oh my so gosh, cute. teachers are so influential. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I just, I've written, I worked on school newspapers and started school newspapers and um, I've been a magazine editor for a couple magazines and I have just always loved writing and I'm writing my first book right now. I'm, I actually wrote it a year ago. It's taken almost four years and now I'm just editing it. It takes so long. long it's such a long process. process. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's how I found you is more on the writing sphere. Cause I, you and I are very similar in that way where I've loved writing my whole life and I had a really good teacher too. So that's really cool. That's a really similar <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that. I story love that. There. Yeah, my first grade teacher. I love writing. That's always been my passion. And so I had a writer friend who told me about you and said, she talks about writing. So that's kind of where I came in was from the writing and OBS came from the reading. So that's fun. Although I do love reading too, but. I know that you love writing about motherhood and so do I. Like that's because I love writing things that are emotional, you know, mm-hmm. and help yeah. me process and articulate feelings, but then also help other people feel like, oh my gosh, you're in my head and my heart. And mm-hmm. I feel that way. And it's almost this relief to hear someone articulate what you've been feeling and totally. it helps you feel not as alone. So that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I love writing so much. That's why writing is so wonderful. Yeah. So maybe give Amen, us, girl. Amen. <laughs> maybe give us a background of Talk Wordy to Me, just kind of how it began and all that. 
Yeah. So I, so like I said, I was a journalist and I would get these writing assignments. Often I could pick my own story that I wanted to do um, when I wrote for Utah Valley Magazine or their, their website and other websites that I wrote for. Uh, but I just wanted to write my own stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and I thought I wanted a place to share more of my writing. It wasn't so much of like, oh, I want to try this. It was like, I need a place to share these emotions and thoughts. And so I kind of started it as a as a place, one, to have a voice and to share, you know, my writing, but then also to share that journey of writing my first book. But I'm I'm now just here for the community. I'm just yeah. grateful to find other people who love to write and read and who love to talk about things that are sometimes hard to talk about. You do a really good job of that, too. Okay, so with all this experience in writing and the platform and everything that you've created, um, you, like she, Marin had mentioned, you connect a lot of it to your parenting and all of that. How... Um, or why do you feel like reading to your young children is so important in today's world? Oh man, I feel like it's always been important, but even more so today because how often do we slow down and sit in, you know, in the quiet and connect with our children? It can be hard because we're involved. Our kids are involved in so many things. There are screens for everything, including books Mm -hmm. and to sit down with a real tangible book and connect through a story is priceless. So not only is it, you know, that book and the story teaching your child something, but it's just being close to your child and them hearing your voice and connecting. For me, we read when when my child is having a meltdown or needs some quiet time or needs some connection time. That reading is a way for us to quickly and powerfully connect. Mm -hmm. So it serves as a connection point in that way. But then also, I mean, reading obviously will help children. Reading aloud to your kids will help them learn to read on their own. It will help them with other communication skills and social skills. And it teaches them things and opens up conversations that you might not otherwise have. Mm -hmm. So... I could go on and on, but there's, and I'll just say real quick, there's a study from the Journal of Developmental and Behavioral Pediatrics called the Million Word Gap. And it talks about how children who aren't read to at home learn 1.4 million less words than those who are read to at home. Um, So this is talking about, I know. This is talking about five books a day specifically, as short as they may be, but reading five books a day is a really good goal to read with your kids. Mm -hmm. Five books, um, five times a week, you are going to hit the 1.4 million vocabulary words by kindergarten. So, and that's huge for setting their success, not only setting up their success, not only for reading, but for you know, their social success and just feeling confident in themselves in school and liking school and liking books. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy how a quarter in the study, a quarter of these children that they sampled were never read to. And that was a national sample, a quarter. And then another quarter were seldom read to one to two times weekly at best. So I'm like half of the children in our country are not even having this opportunity, which makes me like want to cry because it's such a powerful gift that we can give to our children. And I love that you're giving a tangible thing to do because I have a, I tend to have a really like logistical brain where I'm just like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Just list it out for me. What will give me success? So I love this five books a day. That's a great goal. And something that I, I mean, we easily read five books a day. It's just something that, that happens. And we have books in every room and in bins and boxes. And I just think that sounds really doable, you know, and to know what that can do for our children. No, I, I'm just mind blown by that. It is amazing. The statistics we could talk about for hours of how powerful it is to read to your kids and not just when some people think, okay, well, picture books are just for the little kids. And then we got to go into the chapter books. Yes. Get them good chapter books that are right for their reading level, but never stop reading them picture books. Experts even say sometimes picture books are more at their reading level 
and uh, more comprehensive than a chapter book because they have the imagery as well Mm -hmm. that can speak to some children more than the words can. And they're so eloquently written that your children are and adults are never too old for picture books. So my little boy, he's five and he can, he can get through a few picture books, but I'm not even worrying about, or sorry, chapter books, but I'm not even worrying about chapter books until he wants to later. We just read picture books together. Well, it's funny too, because I actually struggle with reading comprehension. And so I still feel like children's books is my level. (laughs) I love that. I, I don't like, I can't finish a big book. I can't, I mean, I just, to my reading comprehension is just not good. And I'll totally admit that, but children's books are everything. And it's so fun to collect them. And, but, but would you say, and this is kind of just a random question for you. Would you say there are like solid, good children's books? And then there are ones to kind of just that are kind of not as good. Yes. Yes. And it's so important to find those good books because I worry that people who say they aren't readers or they they haven't started that habit of reading with their kids yet, which is fine. It's never too late. We don't want anyone feeling yeah. guilty. But um, I worry that they'll just be like, okay, well, I, I mean, libraries are have books and so all the books must be good. No, like, yeah, yeah. you have to do a little bit of research to find the good ones because I would hate for you to, to get a bunch of books and bring them home and then they're not good books and your kids like uh well this is lame you know so definitely they're not all books as like a good book like what would you say that someone's listening to this and they're like okay I'm gonna get into reading what should they look for so in a book you want to make sure the illustrations speak to you and that they're beautiful because the illustrations are so important to a book, and that's what will keep you and your children engaged. So it's okay to judge the illustrations. <laughs> um, I, I mean, sometimes it's okay to judge a book by its cover. Yes, it, it totally. Oh my goodness, it totally what? is. Yes, I know. From me, I totally herself. judge books by their covers. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> I mean, yes, of course, there are books that have horrible covers that end up being good, but it's okay to be sparked by a cover because oftentimes, if a cover is stellar, that means they have a good publisher. In order mm. to have a good publisher and you'll know this as a writer, you have to be an amazing writer. (laughs) So if you have a great book cover, chances are the book book might be really good. So yeah, for me, these are just my parameters. The illustration, for me to, especially to purchase a book, the illustrations have to be well Mm -hmm. done and the words have to be well done. I mean, I go more by feeling. If you read a book and something sticks out to you about it, it just has that something, then you'll know it will, you know, it resonates with you and it will probably resonate with your child to some degree. So just go by how you feel and, and yeah, how the book makes you feel, but both the the words and the illustrations need to be a 10. So that's awesome. I feel like it is, I mean, you tell me, but sometimes I feel like it is okay to read. I mean, we have books that I, they're not my favorite, but my boys love them. Like, Peppa Pig. (laughs) I'll just throw that out there. Um, Not my favorite books to read, especially because my son only wants me to read it in a British accent and I'm not great at that. But um, (laughs) that's my favorite. Peppa Pig. My daughter just started speaking the other day. She was saying something like, George, George and the tomato. And my husband was like, what are you saying? (laughs) Until finally it dawned dawned on him. Well, this is from the TV, not not the book, unfortunately, right, but right. but it dawned on him that she was using a British accent. Oh, accent, so I love that. Hilarious! Oh well, we just said the same thing. Um, but there are times where I feel like it's important for us to be reading together, and that's what they want to read, and I have to kind of decide to pick my battles and say, at least we're reading. And so, I mean, I try, I try and get like the the best books in there, but I mean, do you feel like sometimes it's okay to? <laughs> read just whatever they want oh for sure as as you're reading (laughs) yes definitely and I another thing I'll say is some some picture books are way too long so that's another thing to look for (laughs) is sometimes people try and sneak a novel or a chapter book into it into a picture book and that's fine if you're going to read it in chunks but man at bedtime who what parent wants to read a super long picture (laughs) book because then you have to end up cutting it out and tell making your own story which Requires Which too I much heard, brain power at well, night. Well, <laughs> and I've heard that's not the best either. To, like, because sometimes I'll be honest, at night I'm just like so done, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, here's your three bucks. We do three, but I'm gonna step up my game. 
but it'll no, be so long. True. And so I'll just read the first sentence of each page. And I'm like, this is probably bad that I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you've heard this, but so correct me. Cause I think I've yeah. heard the same thing. She has that. I recently read something about how reading books as they're written is important for language development. Yeah. Do you, have you Tell me that? the well, stats behind that. Because kids will look at the words and if it doesn't quite match up, even if they're not reading yet, sometimes that can throw them off because they will start to learn to read just by seeing words and seeing how mm-hmm. short or long they are. Mm-hmm. So it's not horrible. I mean, I do it. Sometimes I'll I'll be like, look at the picture while I summarize this story. So no, it's not yeah. the worst mm-hmm. thing. But but yeah, I mean, that's that why, sense, again, though. it's important to find the books that you do want to read to your kids. And that's why... Um, I'm really careful about the books I bring into my home because I know they're going to be choosing from this stack of what they want to read and I want it to be a quality book. And there are so many book lists and wonderful recommendations out there that you don't need to settle for boring books or books that that you don't want to read. There are so many good ones. And this might be controversial, but am I the only one that feels like some Dr. Seuss books are just kind of really hard? (laughs) I am with you on that. I I love him and respect him. I do. And some of his books I really love and they're classic. But those those ones I would say they are on the they are on the side of too long for for a chapter for a children's book. Some of them are and I didn't even realize like hop on pop is really long. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there are some long ones, so you gotta be choosy choosy with those ones for sure. Did you, did you read to your babies? I did. So I read from them and some people might think it's silly, but I read to them from the time they're newborns because we Mm -hmm. work reading into their routine, their sleep routine, their bedtime routine. And I'm big on sleep training because I do not do well on little sleep. Some people do better than others, but I'm a monster when I don't get my sleep. And so we sleep train and we attach reading to to that routine as well as other routines that we can talk about later. But yes, from the time they're newborn babies, this little is the one that you're holding, Marin. I read to them that young because if nothing else, they hear your voice and that's very soothing to them. Mm-hmm. And also I want to brainwash them into loving books from the time they're babies. <laughs> so. I love you. You read to them before they go to bed? Yeah. From the time that they're newborn? Yeah. So I have a book and it's just an animal book and it has animal sounds because sometimes animal sounds are really fun for Mm -hmm. little kids, even when they're babies, babies, because they hear that, you know, and they differentiate it from other words. So I do like animal sound books when they're little babies, because it's just a few words on the page. And as they get older, they can kind of see the black and white cat and they can feel the texture Um, so I have the same book that I read to all my babies. I've kept it and it's falling apart, but that's what I do. Just a simple book when they're babies, but honestly, it doesn't matter too much. Just make it one that you like to read. And the greatest benefit they'll get is hearing your voice and having that routine. I want to come to your house and see all your books. Okay. (laughs) How do you store them? Like like, what's your method of... So I... Number one, I don't buy a lot of books because I love supporting and using my library and I'm a bit of a minimalist, a functional minimalist. So I don't bring a ton of books into my home. I'm really picky. They have to be books that I want to read again and again. And with that said, sometimes we'll enjoy a book for a while. Someone will give me a book or I'll buy one or whatnot. And then we pass it on to someone else. So we don't have a ton of books in our house because also children get decision overwhelm. And if they Mm -hmm. see a billion books in the kid's bookshelf, they'll be like, I don't know. And they'll just keep reaching for the same one because they know it. And that's fine for them to reach for the same one, but you want to expand them. So here's what I do. I have one bookshelf in one of my children's rooms and it just has like three levels. And um, I kind of switch out the books according to the season. So my like favorite books for that. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Definitely facing out. They're all just like flat. So it's not spines. The whole cover is facing out. And I like switch them up. Or if I'm getting sick of a book, I'll put it away <laughs> and put another one on there. Our library books I'll put up there when we have our library books for those two weeks. So just switching them out keeps them interested in oh, reading and in new books. Yeah. But then aside from that, I'll, I have like the adult bookshelf that sounds bad <laughs> but I have the <laughs> mommy <laughs> yeah. the mommy bookshelf I have a bookshelf for bookshelf I don't know I'm how dying. else to say it adult reads we got so you. yeah my favorite books and my husband's favorite books we have those up there 
Um, and then wait, in that your room? one, sorry, I, I actually that. have that in my, in one of my, in my daughter's room. Cause she has her own room, my older daughter. So she just has that. That's just where we keep our, our nice books. But then we also have books downstairs in uh, the toy room so that they, they have those books to choice, to choose from there and putting books in different places is a good little trick. So it's just like, Oh, I'm sitting here sick of this toy. I'm going to pull out this book. And it's and just what's eye there level too. At their eye level. Ours too high. And my little boy's like, I never read that one, mom. <laughs> it's way too high for you. So I love, I love that idea though, of switching them out and making them you know, accessible for him. Yes. Yeah, that's huge. And we use books as part of potty training. So they have helped us so much because getting your kid to sit on the toilet for longer than oh, a minute, yeah. we would just be like, here's your book. Like I would go, I would read to them while they were on the potty and that would help them relax. And um, then as they got the hang of it a little more, they would just grab their book and we'd have our little stack by the, by yeah. the potty and they would read. So having them in that. there too has been We read books during meals a lot too. That's like, my toddler had the worst um, eating habits. Like he just would not sit and eat and didn't never wanted to eat and his weight was dropping and we were starting to get really worried. And we started reading to him during meals. And I don't even know what any doctor would have to say about that, but that's what got him to start eating because it helped him to not think about eating. And now, I mean, we kind of bring a book to lunch and breakfast. <laughs> it works better than like that. turning on a I show or anything too. too. So yeah. potty training, meal eating, time. I mean, books solve everything. It's now, would you brilliant. say that books replace your screen time for the most part or how do you, I mean, Balance that. Yeah. they definitely help for sure. I mean, I have a little boy. Um, I know this isn't true for all boys, but I know in my family and my extended family, like the boys have been the ones who have been like, What's the saying? Flies to the, I don't know. There's a saying that I can't think of. It's too late at night, apparently. But they, moths to the light. Flame. Moths to the flame. There we go. Moths to the flame. There we go. She's got it. We're writers. Apparently I can write, but I can't speak. So yeah, he loves the screen. That's just how it is. And we've had to find a balance for him because I don't want to like, shame him for loving, yeah. you know, playing video games or um, watching shows or whatnot or playing the iPad. I want him to be functional in that space and I don't want to demonize it. But obviously I would rather him read or I'm not even rather. I'm I'm fine with using screens in moderation. I think it's a good thing. It's a necessary thing in our world. But I just want a balance, right? I want him to read first. I want him to play first. I want him to imagine Imagine, imagine. So, okay. So how we balance that is for, we'll try and do um, what he needs to do first. So make your bed, clean your room. Um, if he has any homework and then reading time before we go to screens to his allotted time every day that he gets for screens. And honestly, just naturally instilling a love for reading in our children has helped them see it as an option. Mm -hmm. Another huge thing that has helped is, um, and this idea comes from my friend Ralphie, who's an amazing parenting expert. She does what she calls Simply the mom place. store. Yes. Oh, so her. we've done our own version of the mom store where um, I keep a bin, a clear bin of snacks that we don't usually have just available. We eat try and eat pretty healthy at our house. So um, we have these like novelty snacks in this bin and they love reading now because they can choose one of their snacks. And the only stipulations I have is that they only have these snacks when they're reading and they commit to half an hour of reading. Sometimes when they're younger, it's whatever they can handle. And I'm fine with 15 minutes. Yeah. But um, my older daughter, she'll often read for an hour because you just got to get them started. Yeah. And the snack is a good way to do that. And then they'll just sit down and read. Sometimes I'll join them or sometimes I'll use that as time to, you know, tidy up or whatever. But having that positive association with reading is so powerful. That's and I love what idea. Ralphie says is she's like, that we expect our kids to have a natural, you know, positive association with reading because reading so good, right? But they don't care unless they have oh, something to yeah. get them, to get them started loving it's it. It's a learned thing for mm -hmm. sure. I think. Yeah. That's great. What other suggestions do you have for getting older kids interested in reading? 
It's a really good question. So um, graphic novels can be really helpful. Kids that aren't don't have the attention span or the interest in just sitting there and reading words, you know, mm-hmm. even if they are older, graphic novels are a really fun way to get them into it. And again, picture books, they're not too old for picture books. Audiobooks can be a great transition into reading a book mm-hmm. and you can just put them on when you're driving, even if it's just five minutes to school, it doesn't have to be sitting there for an hour listening to this audiobook. So when you're driving to school, and I love using Audible, but also um, Overdrive, which is a free library app, and Libby, um, hey, I, I like even Libby's. more. The, awesome. Libby's free as well. You just Sometimes there's a wait for the books, but it's a great resource. So those are some things I would recommend. Also, just letting them see you read. When they see that reading brings you delight, they will want to emulate that, especially when they're young. So if they see you doing that, reading an actual book, Mm -hmm. then I think, you know, modeling behavior is the most powerful way to teach our kids. So if they see you loving reading and, and enjoying that, then they will, they'll be more likely to do that as well. So you've mentioned a few times, you know, reading actual books and the importance of that. What are kind of your feelings about electronic versions of books versus actual books what do you think yeah about or like the auto balance? or audible like just the di- like what do you do more of too yeah we definitely do more tangible books in our home just because I'm kind of old school in that way and I'm all about like handwritten notes and journaling and reading just a just a old-fashioned book <laughs> so I just love it for that reason I just think it's a more sensory experience I feel like you um maybe process the information a little more deeply when you see the words on the page because you're reading it and having that visceral experience with it. I have read some studies, but they can be a little controversial on on what's what's more powerful. So I don't like to like pit one against the other. I don't think I prefer, you know, the hard copies, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily better because some kids learn in different ways and right. they might take to an audiobook better. And audiobooks are amazing and some people will remember the story and process it better that way. So I definitely don't think one is better than the other. It's just what you prefer and what you and your kids respond to. So, and I also look at it like this. I'm like, well, the fact that we have access to so many audiobooks today and access to ebooks as well, I'm like, it's amazing. It's a blessing that we have that reading can reach more people that way. So I think it's great. So good. Speaking of journaling, you mentioned journaling. Let's talk about Loom journals for a minute. Okay. Um, Kim started with a friend, with Tasha. Um, this. Yeah, and Kim, we have one other girl who started oh, okay. it with us. Mm-hmm. She was my college roommate. That's so yeah. fun. Yeah, tell us how that, this all started. This yeah. is so cool. Oh, man. So Kim actually called me, uh, my old roommate, and said, hey, I have a crazy idea. I and I was I said okay we'll we'll talk about it but it was at a time where I was kind of busy and I'm like if she's gonna like pitch starting something or, or trying to get me involved in something I, I was I had my guard up I was ready to be like no I'm being picky about what I say yes to um, but then she said a parent child journal and I was like yep I'm in <laughs> yeah. because I love journaling and I have more than 30 filled journals at my house because I started journaling from the time I was five. And I'm so grateful my mom instilled that habit in me because I credit my writing ability to that because to become a writer, the biggest lesson you can learn there is just that you need to write. Whatever it is, you need to write and you need to get going. And so just start somewhere with whatever. And so um, writing in my journal was a way for me to process my emotions and my experiences and to to get words down on paper and to learn about writing. So I, I'm i a huge fan and proponent of journaling. So when she said that, I was all in. And then I said, well, why don't we get a really great designer? I've heard of Hello Tasha. I just have a good feeling about her. I had never met the girl in my life. Are you serious? We're now best friends, soulmates, which yeah. you can you can tell. <laughs> but it was, and we both were like, we both believe in big magic and, and all the yeah. universe juice and all that woo-woo stuff. So we <laughs> we totally talk about how we were led to each other and to all three of us were to have this experience together and create this Loom journal because 
my life purpose and mission, I feel like, is connection and through, you know, reading and writing and journaling. So to be able to bring this product to the world um, as a way for parents and children to connect, we totally believe it's world changing because that's where it starts, right? Is just um, instilling a belief in children that they have a voice and that it matters. And that's what journaling can do for them. They sit down and and they write their feelings and then and their experiences and even just imagining and and creating in this journal and the parent sees that and recognizes that and they do it too and it's just this connective validating experience for both people. I love that. I literally could not love that product anymore. It's <laughs> it's so amazing. It's um so where can people find Loom journals and where can they buy it? So you can just go to loomjournals.com and we've got them all there and we have more products coming that I'm so excited about. Yes. Oh my gosh. How fun. Yes. It's beautiful too. Hello, Tasha did so good at the design. And so did you and Kim do all of the writing in it then, or how did it all? It was all very collaborative. Like we all had our input on the writing, on the design, on the format. Um, But my main job was the writing. So all the prompts, which was so fun to come up with. Um, There's a story in the beginning that I wrote about a child following a thread because it's all about the loom analogy. And uh, yeah, so all the, and I got to pick out the quotes that we put in there. So yeah, just, and I come from an editorial background from magazines. And so I was able to help kind of lay things out. And, but again, like we all contributed to every, every part of it. So really it was all three of us, but it was such an amazing experience to put that together. So fun. Well, I think the purpose behind it too is just... I love it. It's mm. amazing. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you oh for gosh. creating that. I feel like Thank it you was for loving so it. necessary. Oh man, I could talk about this forever. You know that. But I will just say, I feel like um, my kids have all been early readers and confident readers. And I don't think it's necessarily intrinsic. I think it's because they've been exposed to books and good books and they've seen we've developed a culture of reading in our home and anyone can do that. Whether you are a reader, a quote unquote reader or not, it doesn't really matter because we can all connect through stories and stories are the great equalizer. Like they really connect us and that's that's like what the world is made of is stories. And so I just would encourage you to start somewhere with reading. Even if you can't do the five books a day for five days a week, start with one book today and read that book over and over again, you know, for three days to your children to start somewhere or listen to an audiobook. Start. I also love um, podcasts, story podcasts. Circle Round would be the number one that I recommend. And you can just turn that on in the car. But I, I just want to end with this quote that I love from Albert Einstein. And he said, if you want your children to be intelligent, read them fairy tales. If you want them to be more intelligent, read them more fairy tales. And reading, and by fairy tales, that can mean any type of imaginative book. And reading to them just empowers children throughout their entire lives. So I love that. Well, we could just pick your brain all night. You're just, I just love it. All this goodness. We are so excited to welcome our sponsor for this episode, Lucky and Me. Lucky and Me is an adorable online children's shop that focuses on children's underwear products. They're super soft fabric blends, several products featuring 100% organic cotton. They're perfect for sensitive skin, which is huge for my little kids. The quality design and the fit that can stand up to all day play, which is a must. And they always have tagless. There's never a tag on them and they're machine washable. We've been living in these because my little boy just recently got potty trained. He absolutely loves these underwear products. And as I've compared them to the underwear that we've bought at other places, just like your typical store, um, they are so much softer. Like we said, no tag. And And they're cute. Yes. So cute. The quality just can't be beat. And the, the colors are adorable. They have a huge variety of colors to pick from. I love that. So you can find them at luckyandme.com. 
And they have been so generous and given us a code for our listeners. So you're going to get 25% off your entire order with free shipping over $35 with code MAMAHOOD25. That is MAMAHOOD25 at LuckyAndMe.com. Okay, back to the show. Well, let's give some people somewhere to start. Let's give them some books to start with. Um, We all came prepared with some of our favorite book titles for children. Um, And I think we'll just go around and share some of our titles and why we love them. And hopefully the moms listening can come away from this with some, some tangential, tangential, tangible. We've made up some words tonight. (laughs) Some tangible books that they can, we'll, we'll link to all of them and you can hop on and and you can start with some of these that that we love. So do you want to start with one for us, Kim? Yes. And I told them it's like picking my favorite children when you tell me to pick my favorite <laughs> children's books because I love so many. So I have a bunch of book lists on my website you can find. <laughs> but if you're scrolling, I'm like, right. did I make the right choice? <laughs> I'm like it. scrolling, looking at my books I posted because I'm like, wait, I have these five picked. But what if I'm missing one that I love more? So anyway, here's just a place to start. So... And these, these books I'm sharing, I love so many books from these authors. And number one would be Mo Willems. I feel like he really instilled a love of children's books in me. And when I read this book that I brought, Can I Play Too? I suggest starting with it. It just had me laughing out loud. It's so funny. I love the humor in it. And it's fun to just laugh together as a family over a book. So Mo Willems, any book, but start with Can I Play Too, if you haven't read any of his. What do you like about Can I Play Too, specifically? <laughs> okay, can I show you a page? Because Elephant and Piggy, it just teaches these lessons to kids in a way that's not shoving it down their throats. It's in a fun, playful way. So that's what I love about them. But this one, Can I Play Too, is all about including kids, well, a snake in this instance, but a lot of times um, authors will use animals because they're it's easier for kids to put themselves in their shoes and to relate to them. And strangely, someone told oh, me that I once, that. but That's yeah, cool. like animals, it makes yeah. it for some reason hmm. easier for kids to put themselves in their shoes. Um, because obviously an elephant doesn't look like you, but if you're looking at a kid, you, you're like, oh, well, I definitely don't look like that kid. Right, Does that make yeah, sense? I, anyway. I get it, yeah. So the snake comes up to Elephant and Piggy who are playing catch and he says, can I play too? And they look at each other. They're like, uh, we're playing catch with a ball. (laughs) And he's like, so? And they're like, well, you don't have any arms. And he's like, the snake's like, I don't have arms. (laughs) And then Elephant and Piggy are like, oh no, we just broke it to him. But then he's like, the snake's like, I know I don't have arms. And then they get creative and figure out a way to play catch with the snake as the ball. So it's just funny. It's just a funny little book. You have to read it. Um, my number two is Oliver Jeffers. He is an incredible children's book author, and I love so many of his books. And Mary and I, and I share this love for Stuck. And there's two versions. There's um, mm-hmm. a board book version for really little kids, and then a picture book version. And they're both beautiful, but I love the illustrations. Again, he's witty and it's just always a fun read. Yeah, I'll just chime in there since you brought it up, but this is our most read book right now. It's, well, the the big one is called Stuck. The toddler version is called A Little Stuck. And it's just this boy gets his kite stuck in a tree and they he tries all these different ways to get his kite out of the tree. And it's, I mean, we love it. It's so funny. The illustrations, like you said, are so cute. Um so if you if if you're looking for a book for big kids or little kids, there's two or options. moms who love it. Or children's us. books, right? Or me and Aubrey are just in the corner reading <laughs> children's know. books. Yeah, so we'll link to that book. For yes, sure. I love Stuck because he throws. He ends up throwing everything into this tree. He starts small with like a shoe and then the cat goes in the tree and then an orangutan and a fire truck and the next door neighbor's house and then Uh a whale. And it's just funny to see this illustration of all these things stuck in the tree. So yeah. Uh, The next one I would say is, oh, are we going around? I'm stealing no, All keep the, going. I like this the list. Book I think it's thunder. great. Okay, I'll just finish my couple then and we'll move on. But um, Hervé Toulet is a great 
children's book author. You've probably seen his book Press Here or uh-huh. there's mix a, it a few, Mix It Up is like a paint one. Yeah. Say Zoop is his latest one. And this one I especially love recommending because this got my boy into loving books because it's interactive. You get mm-hmm. to push little things. And I love books like that that involve you physically, yeah, um, especially for busy little boys. And then the next one I would say is Sarah Jane and Kenneth Wright, a husband-wife team who I happen to be friends with. They are incredible, and they wrote the Lola Dutch series. They just came out with, the first one is Lola Dutch is a little bit much, and then the second one is Lola Dutch when I grow up. The illustrations are impeccable, and Sarah Jane obviously loves books like we do, and so she has this spread of a library, and it just makes me swoon, Mm -hmm. and I just love the message of the book because it's all about... I relate to her too because Lola Dutch just wants to do it all yeah. and she she wants to try everything and I relate to that because I want to just experience all these things and it just instills in kids a confidence that they can try anything and they can fail and they can figure it out and it just encourages creativity so I, I love, love that, that one those would be like my very my very top I have about four million more but maybe you guys can chime in and share some of yours. No, that's awesome. Um, I have, I mean, I have a full list, <laughs> but I, I, it's just hard because there's so many different ones. And like, even seeing the ones that you brought up, I just, I love all of these, but I think for me, I love, um, my husband's grandma is a book lover too. And she will give my kids for their birthdays, like these vintage books, like that little house that you have. And I love it because there's one that's like caps for sale or oh, those yeah. like just really the five Chinese brothers, like just like the cutest vintage books. And I think that is, those are probably my like top favorite. If it's one from her, I just seriously absorb it. And she just gets, gives like the best of the best ones to us. So I, I just love it. But, um, I want her to be my grandma. No, she's so cute. She collects them too. And she's the cutest grandma ever. Um, but you've talked a lot about, I've heard you mention the Gruffalo too. Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love that one. And too. Room on the Broom. And there's yes. little Netflix versions of these. Yeah. And Stickman. Those are mm-hmm. those are the best known of hers. But she's this amazing British writer. And I love it because you can like hear her her voice and her writing. I love They're that. just so enchanting. Oh. That's awesome. Cheers. Go ahead, Mark. Um, I mean, I physically have a stack here. <laughs> I just went into my kids' rooms and grabbed the books that I feel like we're enjoying the most together right now and that I enjoy reading a lot right now. And for me, um, illustrations are really big. And I especially love books that feel classic and timeless, I guess, um, is the way I would describe it. So um, one of our favorites right now for toddler, I mean, like you said, any age, but my boys are really loving this right now that are two and three, is I Am a Bunny. And it's Richard Scarry. So classic. Um, well, it's written by Ole Rison, but it's illustrated by Richard Scarry. So it's those classic, um, like, really cute, cute animal drawings. And I love it because um, it's just this little bunny, and he experiences all the different seasons. And what he does in all the different seasons, he blows the dandelion seeds into the air in the spring and in the fall, he watches the leaves fall. And, um, so this is our kind of favorite book right now that we're reading a lot before bed. Um, I have to interject because while we're talking about vintage books, I grew up on my good night book and my mm-hmm. good morning book by Eloise Wilkins, yeah. mm-hmm. her illustration. One. She's like the most famous, uh, mm-hmm. illustrator from that time. And, they're just so beautiful and I love reading them to my kids because I feel cozy reading them because I was a little mm-hmm. kid being read to right. with that book. And so it just passing that on through the generations is really magical. Good night, moon. And then you your little oh, kids yeah. say yeah. it. It's the cutest thing. I love it. Okay, but I just have to say when you brought that up, I just got like the warm fuzzies and almost started crying because I do feel like so when I'm the other book that I brought is called The Little House. It's by Virginia Lee Burton. And um I grew up reading this book. It was my all-time favorite book that I asked my mom to read to me hundreds and hundreds of times. And it's um, it's about a little house that lives on a hill. And it's um, 
the story of a city being built up around this house until eventually it's just surrounded by skyscrapers and then um, someone comes along and moves the house back out to the country. And it's just a really cute story. The illustrations are beautiful. But what you just said about um, reading a book that you grew up reading, I guess that's why I love reading this book so much. And so that would be a recommendation in of itself is read books to your kids that you grew up with because I feel like the emotions behind that of passing on something meaningful, something that was meaningful to my childhood onto my child, there's something so magical about that. Yeah, and I love to think that my kids will always associate positive feelings with, have positive feelings about reading because they've had that connection with me. And I love to think of them reading a book and thinking of me forever because we know our kids are going to grow up and, and move out. But to always have that connection is that. so cool. One other thing I would say is I love this book, What a Wonderful World. Obviously, it's based on the song by Louis Armstrong, but we love books in our house that are associated with a song um, that we can sing together. And so this is one of our favorites too. And I want, maybe you know of more books that are song-based because I love I look for books like that because if we can sing it together, my boys can remember the tune and sing along with me. I feel like it's more interactive too. Yes. And that is a good point to bring up because especially when kids are just starting to read, that can be a really great thing to look for in picture books because it captures their attention better when you are reading with a rhythm or singing. So one that comes to mind is brown bear, brown bear, what do you see? So even if it's not like a tune, if it has that rhythm to it, it's really great. And repetition is really good too. So one of my favorite Halloween books is the little old lady or the woman who wasn't afraid of anything, something like that. <laughs> but that one has followed a fly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That type of thing. Just the repetition. Kids mm-hmm. love that. And they learn often learn better when there's that type of repetition. That's cool. That. Is there any other tips you would share with, with us reading to our kids or anything like that? Um, aside from just getting started somewhere, I would just share for some of your older kids, a lot of people are worried about content. So first of all, read with your kids. Sometimes I read chapter books with my kids, with my older daughter, and that's a special way to connect too. Uh, but again, reading books that you read as a kid, like A Wrinkle in Time is one of my favorite books. Oftentimes mm-hmm. I love the movies too, and I don't judge too harshly because it's a totally different medium. You can't really compare side by side, but Wrinkle in Time, the book is so much better. It really <laughs> so is. So don't judge it mm-hmm. by the movie. But um, you can go to a couple websites, Compass Book Ratings and then Common Sense Media to check out um, content reviews. They'll tell you exactly what kind of content is inside so you can know if it's appropriate. Um, other than that, just I love Read Aloud Revival. That's a another podcast that talks all about books and reading Everyday reading, Jansen Bradshaw is a good friend of mine who knows her stuff when it comes to books. And for you as moms, Modern Mrs. Darcy is a great resource for finding book recommendations. And maybe, maybe my website too would be fine <laughs> yes. if you want to go say, there. <laughs> so where can they find you? Uh, so my website is talkingwordy.com and I'm just talkwordy to me on Instagram. She's the best, you guys. I seriously, we just love her. Oh, I love you guys, too. We're so happy you could come on our show today. This has been so fun. Thank you. Okay, that was amazing. I feel like I could have listened to her talk forever. We (laughs) were laughing and um, having a blast up until the second she left my house. I loved having her here, and I hope that you all enjoyed having her in your ears too um as always if you enjoyed this episode or felt like you got any value out of it reach out let us know what you thought um scroll down leave us a review and you can connect with us online that is our favorite thing to connect with you to hear from you and to become real life friends through instagram we are on um instagram at the dot mamahood we are also on facebook at the mamahood community Um, And of course, you can reach out to us through email at themamahoodpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, well, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week.